Welcome to The Kick in the Cast, the audio blog of a wannabe podcast novelist. My name's Chris, and this is episode 31. Hello, and welcome back to The Kick in the Cast. Okay, so, yeah. I built up some momentum and then go dark for a week. I do have an explanation, though, which I'll get into after today's story. So today, I've got something brand spanking new for your ears. Outcast and Rebirth are two stories that have seen airplay in the past, but today, this is new. How new, you might ask? Well, I put the finishing touches on it just earlier this week. Today, I'm presenting Chapter 1 of Ribbon Dancer which is the sequel to my Metamore City fanfiction, Rebirth. The story picks up about two years after the events of that one. Carl is adjusting to his new life as a theriomorph, has a job working with others of his kind, and things seem to be going fairly well for the guy. But hey, if everything was to continue this way, well, there wouldn't be a story, would there? Okay, so let's get into it. Here's Chapter 1 of Ribbon Dancer. Ribbon Dancer, a Metamore City fanfiction, written and read by Chris Fitzton. Chapter 1 Monday, May 26, 2008, Christos Reckoning, 9 p.m. The ribbon was, to the layman's eye, a hole in the wall on some street on the third level of Metamore City. To many passers-by, it looked like a once-successful business that had fallen prey to some economic downturn or other circumstance. There was very little in the way of signage for the public, instead relying on word of mouth and reputation to bring in customers. During the day, it was nothing special. When night fell, however, things changed. The door was flanked by two bouncers and regardless of shift rotation, those bouncers were theriomorphs. If one made it past them and crossed the threshold into the ribbon proper, they would soon discover that this unassuming external facade betrayed the paradise within. In one spot of this paradise, away from the club's main attractions, a gathering was taking place. Several theriomorphs and a few human-appearing sentients all sat, laughing and generally enjoying each other's company. Most of their attention seemed focused on one particular individual, however, a tiger theriomorph sitting at the head of the table, mug raised. Happy birthday! Carl McAllister smiled as the cheer went up. Several glasses were raised and clinked against his mug in salute before he tilted said mug to his muzzle and drank deeply. He didn't drink often, but he knew what he liked and the dark ale currently sliding down his gullet was one he'd grown to love over the past couple of years. He set his half-full mug down on the table next to the cupcake that bore two candles on it. For some, two candles usually meant an abbreviation of some kind, like each candle representing ten years or some other multiple. At only twenty years old, such a gesture would be lost if that's what they truly stood for. However, 
the two candles actually represented that very number, two. It was just over two years ago that a timid but determined Carl accepted the curse of Metamore City and allowed his physical humanity to be taken away. When he woke up from the change, he was blessed with the form of the anthropomorphic tiger that now devoured the cupcake with gusto. Normally, Carl wasn't one to really celebrate this second birthday, and his actual morph day was over a month ago. But it was a tradition at this place, and if there was one thing about the ribbon, it was its traditions. Plus, the gang was always looking for an excuse to throw a party. It would be rude of him to decline since he'd been employed by this place as a bouncer for the past year and a half. Carl lifted his mug a second time, this time draining it before setting it back down. A moment or two later, it was whisked away and replaced by another. He reached for it, but then hesitated. That first one went down way too easily. It wouldn't take much to overindulge tonight, and that wouldn't suit his plans for later. Well, there would no doubt be more celebration after, but he needed to be sober for just a bit longer. He took a moment and gazed around at those gathered here. Not surprisingly, they were all staff, and the majority of them were theriomorphs. It was another ribbon tradition that the security was composed of large, predator-based curse-takers who could not only intimidate, but could also deliver if necessary. Very rarely was an herbivorous morph hired, but there were exceptions. To Carl's knowledge, though, there was only one on staff at this point who was not considered a meat-eater. Happy birthday, buddy. The slap on the back nearly bowled the tiger over. Wincing, he looked up into the equine muzzle of Mike, the aforementioned sole herbivore on the team. Carl rolled his shoulder, silently thanking Eli that it wasn't dislocated. To say the draft horse standing before him was built like a brick shithouse would have been the mother of all understatements. Mike was a titan with arms the size of most men's thighs. He was perfect for this job. Uh, thanks, Mike, Carl said, rubbing his shoulder. Mike smiled sheepishly. Uh, sorry about that. Sometimes I don't know my own strength. Oh, honey, be careful, spoke an effeminate but no less male voice. He's not as rough and tough as some of us are, you know. Carl couldn't help but smirk. He knew that voice all too well. This kitty prefers the soft, gentle touch. Don't you, my big kitty cat? The tiger chuckled but still cocked his head as he felt those fingers begin to scritch behind his left ear. Jeez, Vinny, tone it down a little, will ya? he said. Oh, poo, spoke the voice. The scritching stopped and a pouting fox plopped down on the chair adjacent to Carl. You never let me have any fun. Well, your birthday's coming up. You said that last year. Fox and Tiger glared at each other with little more than pure malice in their eyes. Were the din not so loud around them, one could have heard them both growling lowly. Mike shifted his gaze nervously between the two of them, wondering if he had either the strength or the heart to intervene if these two actually did pounce each other. He swallowed hard, tensing his muscles for that inevitable moment. Suddenly, he heard one of them sputter, and then the other. 
Snarls turned into smiles, and eventually the pair of them broke out into raucous laughter. Mike let out the breath he'd forgotten he was holding before laughing along with them. Oh man, he said. You two look serious for a bit there. Had me worried. Oh, come on, Mikey, said the fox, one Vincent Vinnie Delano. You should know better by now. Besides, he cast a glance over at Carl, Kitty could wrestle me to the ground any day. Carl did his best face palm and shook his head despite his continued laughter. The banter between he and Vinny had been going on for nearly as long as he'd been employed here. Of course, the fox knew the tiger was straight, but that didn't stop the flirting or other forms of innuendo. It was how their friendship worked, and neither would have it any other way. As their laughter died down, Carl took another swig of his ale. One of the servers approached and handed Vinny a mug of a lighter beer. So, I take it you're just planning to go home after this? he asked. Not necessarily going home, Carl replied with a smirk. Vinny rolled his eyes. Again? That makes it, what, four times this week? He took a sip of his drink. When are you just going to nut up and ask to move in with her? Carl shrugged. We've talked about it, he said. And right now, we've agreed that it's better this way. The person to whom they were referring was Amenia Lancaster, a tigress Carl had met not long after starting work at the Ribbon. It had been one of those chance meetings that eventually blossomed into a relationship filled with good times and moments of passion considered no less than monumental. Still role-playing the pizza delivery guy? Vinny asked with a smirk. Pizza, chicken, elvish... Whatever we're in the mood for. Carl chuckled. I really don't know why you've got your knickers in a twist over her, Vin. She's good people. If you say so, the fox said evenly. This attitude made Carl's whiskers tingle slightly. It wasn't the first time he'd seen the fox grow so aloof at the mention of her name. His attitude towards her didn't really start until that one night a couple of months back when Carl brought Amenia to the ribbon to introduce her to his friends. She got along with everyone else, but Vinny seemed to cool off rather quickly. Since then, whenever her name came up, Vinny's normally cheerful and flirty demeanor instantly soured. When pressed for answers, though, the fox never said anything other than, I just don't like her, or some other shallow excuse. It agitated Carl to no end, not being able to talk about his relationship with someone he considered one of his best friends at work. However. Maintaining that friendship was important enough to him that he made a concerted effort to keep his tigress out of the conversation. Carl merely nodded and took a long pull from his mug. He knew pursuing this any further would be pointless, so he instead opted for the awkward silence. This was nothing new to him either. They would sit, drink, and not speak until one of them offered up a change of subject. It was aggravating, to say the least but it was a better alternative to tumbling down the proverbial rabbit hole to nowhere any discussions about Amenia always led. Thankfully, the silence was broken by someone new coming to the table. Carl looked up and beheld the broad-shouldered timber wolf standing before him now. His eyes widened as he recognized the canine as Alexander Mataliano, head bouncer at the ribbon, and his supervisor. Oh, hey, Alex, he said, raising his glass. The wolf smiled. 
Having fun? he asked. Uh, yes, sir, Carl replied. I'll just finish this and go get ready. He'll be having more fun when he gets with Amy Pooh later on, muttered Vinny. Oh, really? Alexander smirked. William, you should drink up and then get going, Carl. Don't want to keep the little lady waiting, do you? Carl took a cursory look around the club and saw it was beginning to fill with patrons. You sure? he asked, motioning to the swelling crowd. Don't worry about it, the wolf assured. We've got plenty of folks here to cover tonight, though you might want to make it up to Michael later. Carl glanced over to where the draft horse was standing. Mike waved an acknowledgement to him, a sign that he knew what the tiger and the boss were talking about. Carl waved back before downing his drink and standing up. Thanks a ton, boss, he said with a smile. He then took a step over to the still dour Vinny. Hey, he said softly, putting a hand on his shoulder. We good? The fox looked up at him and managed to smile. Yeah, he said. We're good, he patted the tiger's hand. Go on, have fun. Remember, though, I want details. He winked, which made Carl chuckle. All right, he said. Then, with a nod to Alex, he made for the door. The transit ride to Amelia's neighborhood felt like it was taking forever. Of course, it didn't help that Carl felt like he was vibrating from anticipation. He wasn't sure if it was a celebration from tonight or something else but for some reason this night seemed that much more important to Carl, as though something monumental was going to happen. He inhaled deeply, his nose flooded with the smell of the roses he'd picked up just before catching the shuttle. She loved the smell of them and always seemed that much happier when he arrived with them. Granted, such a floral choice wasn't the cheapest, but when it came to love, any price was worth it. Love? Was that what this was? The mental question gave Carl pause. Yes, he cared for Amenia deeply, but the subject of love never really came up. Was it something that even had to come up, or was it just implied? She was always in his thoughts, and she always greeted him with a warm smile and warmer embrace. Did those three words really need to be said? The shuttle arrived at his destination, and he stepped off, roses in hand. Her apartment block was still some distance away, but the night was still warm. He didn't mind the walk so much. It would give him time to blow off some of the pressing, nervous energy he was feeling. It wasn't anxiety per se, nor was it the same excited anticipation he normally felt on nights like this. It was similar, but amplified somehow, as though the very air contained some kind of electricity. He was so pent up that part of him wanted to sprint all the way to her place and pounce her when he got there. Another part of him wondered if he could somehow leap up and fly there. He just had so much energy, but he had no explanation as to why. The walk had done him some good to help him calm down, but he was still a bundle of nerves as he entered the apartment and ascended the three flights of stairs to her floor. As he entered the hallway, he fished out the keycard she'd given him. With any luck, he'd catch her when she was in the shower or something. Maybe he'd place the roses in a vase for her to discover and then hide. Yes, that would work just perfectly, 
a nice surprise for the tigress he now knew he loved. As he approached the door, Carl's whiskers suddenly began twitching. He stopped for a moment, trying to get a read on what he was sensing. He was only two years ethereomorph, and his heightened senses were still a bit of a mystery to him. He'd learned over the years what many of the signals were, but he was by no means yet a master. The sensation was intense, like music playing too loudly to really understand. He closed his eyes and took a few calming breaths as he'd been taught, and eventually he realized what he was detecting. Lust. Carl's smile grew even wider. It seemed that Amenia was indeed in the mood. He wondered if he would be pounced the moment he opened the door. Would she try to claw his clothes off before he could get the roses into water? He shuddered with anticipation as he approached the door. By Eli, his whiskers felt like they were vibrating from the feeling in the air. He wondered briefly if she'd gone into heat or something. He slid the keycard in and was rewarded by the nearly imperceptible click of the lock opening. Slowly, he pushed the door open and had to shake his head at the next sensory assault. The smell of lust was thick in the air, enough that he almost choked on it. He realized then that the scent was a bit too thick, even for her. He inhaled deeply while trying his best to not succumb to the pheromones. Yes, her scent was there, but so was someone else's. Someone... male. Quietly, Carl made his way from the door towards the kitchen. His mind still clouded by the scent of lust in the air, his ears could finally make out the familiar sound of Amenia moaning and growling in ecstasy. He bid back his own growl and continued to silently walk. Amenia's kitchen was bordered by a breakfast bar that separated it from the living room. He crouched down and folded his ears back to keep from being noticed. His heart pounded and his ears began ringing as he came up just enough to peek over the bar and gaze at what lay before him. He had no idea who the human was on the floor, but he recognized the tigress riding on top of him. Amenia's eyes were closed and her mouth was open in an expression of bliss, the same kind of expression she used to have with him. Judging from the smell of sex in the air, this wasn't their first time tonight, and Carl briefly wondered if this had been an ongoing thing. He finally turned away, breathing deeply to quell the building rage inside. Part of him wanted to vault over the breakfast bar, pull Amenia off that pink meat bag, and introduce him to the world of skydiving without a shoot. He almost swooned at the thought. As it was, he licked his chops at the thought of how delicious those screams would sound as the humans slowly faded from view. The building rage made Carl clench his fists. He squeezed the dozen roses hard enough that the thorns bit not just through the plastic and paper wrapping, but also through his flesh. Multiple stabs of pain shot through him, jerking his mind back to reality. He quickly looked around and realized he hadn't been discovered yet. The pair were still going at it hard. Slowly, he turned back towards the door. Once there, he stood up and moved to open it. He heard Amenia's voice begin to increase in volume and pitch. He knew she was close. A wry smile crossed his muzzle as he reached into his jacket pocket and withdrew the keycard. He dropped it soundlessly on the floor and placed his hand on the doorknob. Amenia's voice continued to change, 
Her breathing became louder, more labored. He could hear her encouraging her lover to keep going, that she was almost there. His hand tightened around the knob. Any moment now. Just about. The moment he heard her roar out in climax, he slammed the door. What? Oh, no. Come on. Come on, damn it. Carl pressed the elevator call button again. For Eli's sake, he was only on the fourth floor of a six-floor complex. How long could a bloody elevator possibly take? He stole a glance in the direction of Amenia's door and forced down another growl. How long? How long had she been sneaking around behind his back? He wondered if it was just with that one human, or if she had an entire stable of lovers at her beck and call. He shook his head to clear those thoughts from his mind. He shouldn't be thinking about her now. Eli knew she wasn't thinking of him. At least until she found the keycard on the floor by the door. Maybe then she'd cast a thought or two his way. He wondered now how she would react to the revelation that he'd basically caught her in the act. Would she shrug it off and go back to the meat bag on the floor? Or would she... Carl! Shit. He didn't turn toward the voice, nor did his ears even swivel. He simply continued to stare at the elevator, as if trying to will it to hurry the hell up. How long? he asked softly as she came to a stop a few feet before him. He still didn't turn toward her, which unnerved the tigress somewhat. Carl, she said. Carl, please, I'm... The tiger held up a hand to silence her, his gaze still on the elevator door. How? Long, Amenia, he repeated. four months, she replied. She was shaking now, never having seen this deadly calm from her now ex-boyfriend. I... I meant to tell you... The elevator door slid open. Thank you, Carl said as he stepped inside. No backward glance, no goodbye, nothing. Amenia's last sight of the tiger was his back as the door slid shut. She never saw him close his eyes, and he never heard her begin to weep. And that's our story. So I learned something this week. Thinking is hard. Last Monday, I started my new job, and right from the start, I was presented with a ton of e-learning materials. So, most of that week was a lot of studying, note-taking, and learning the tools that I'll be using in this new career. At the end of each day, I was glad that this is a work-from-home situation. The commute from the office to the living room was exhausting. I guess it's to be expected, having to get back into a more rigid schedule than what I've been used to for the nearly 14 months. I'm sure the next few weeks won't be as jarring to me, and eventually this'll just become my new routine. Also, last week I got my first COVID vaccine shot. I didn't suffer much in the way of side effects, but I think it contributed to my being so tired later in the week. 
I'm not sure when I'll receive my second shot, but AHS will text me when it's time. I was amazed at the setup at the site I went to. From check-in to check-out took about 90 minutes, and that included a 15-minute wait time to see if I reacted to the vaccine. The lineup reminded me of my days in college when trying to register for classes. Unlike those lines, though, this one was in constant motion. Given how long the line was and how fast it moved, I can only assume that the number of people vaccinated on that day had to number in the thousands, and just in that place. Thanks to the new job and the added security, a lot of stress has washed off me now. I'm sleeping a lot better, and those feelings of despair have largely disappeared. I'm not out of the woods yet in terms of those feelings, but they're not as debilitating as they used to be. I could probably wax a lot more philosophical about reflecting on my time unemployed, and I might later once the fact that I'm working again actually sinks in. For now, though, I think I'll end this here. As always, thank you for tuning in, and if you'd like to leave some feedback, please feel free to drop an email at outcastnovel at gmail.com, or you can leave a soundbite via the SpeakPipe app at kickit.yo5.ca. So until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and above all, have a good week. This is Chris, signing off. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to The Kick in the Cast, the audio blog of a wannabe podcast novelist. For more information, please visit the show's website at kickit.yo5.ca. And to leave any feedback, please feel free to drop an email at outcastnovel at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and hope to see you next time.